0: You're listening to the Bramboos Podcast with Vincenzo Landino. Today I have a special, special guest. Uh, At least it's special for me. I'm a sports fan. I'm a big NFL fan. James Royer, Director of Digital Media and Strategy for, unfortunately, the Kansas City Chiefs. Not my Steelers, but still football, baby. And I respect the Chiefs. I respect the organization. I respect that you guys are doing more. Uh, more than anything and uh you are the man behind it all. James, how are you?
1: Uh great. Thanks for having me on here. It's an honor to uh talk social with you.
0: Yeah, see if you weren't so good at social, then I'd be like, oh, he's not a Steeler. This isn't the Steelers. But <laughs> you're you're so good at it and everything you do is is great. You know, it's funny it's a lot of times my audience asks me how I get these guests on and it and it's crazy, but really i just we reached out to we started talking on twitter right
1: (laughs) yeah i mean you 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 really practice what you preach in that regard so i think i i I saw your name said a follow and you sent (laughs) a message right back right away and it was around the the Steelers, and then i had to remind you of a a certain score that was something like 23 to 13 so
0: (sighs) yeah what a shame we won't talk about that but uh no you know what's Because we're talking about digital and social anyway, you know, you have to be you have to practice what you preach. And and I do um, try to reach out to almost everyone that follows uh, in some regard. So I'm glad that we connected and I'm happy that we've been able to do this. But let's jump right into this. Uh, I want to talk about the NFL and the digital space. How I know you've been in the NFL for quite a quite some time now. What's about 16 years, 15 years or so? Uh, yep. You've had association with them. So can you tell me what have you seen? What is the evolution you've seen from 2000-ish until now?
1: Yeah, like you said, I started my career with the Detroit Lions and I was with them from 2000-2004. Left the NFL, come, now com, com, uh, coming back now, you know, my second season with the Kansas City Chiefs. It, it's it's amazing how much has, has changed. Um, when we started out, we kind of like, hey, wh- what is this thing? Um, how do we create content? And now that content is, is much more, um, sophisticated. It is much more, um, and we're seeking different, different audiences. But I think one thing that holds true is that content's what's important. Yeah. You have know, used the terminology content is king. Um, it's content is king, but context, I heard it said somewhere as con- context is queen. Then <laughs> you've got to have that content with, with, with the, uh, the, the context and that still holds true. But I think the, uh, how it's grown um from a social platform i mean the nfl um kind of went through um some growing pains a little later than other leagues did and said hey we're grasping this and trying to learn this and and now we're they're, they're we're just kind of burgeoning at, at the seams right now because there is so many opportunities um, and it, it's it's fascinating all the different touch points we have with our fans and how the fans respond to that
0: uh, you you made mention about context and, and and content and whatnot, but how has how do you think? And this this could be your opinion. Maybe you have some statistics behind it. I don't know. It just came into my head. How do you think it's changed? Has the fan changed since two thousand till now? Since nineteen ninety till now? I mean, obviously the way we consume content has changed, but has the fan changed? Has the demographic changed?
1: I would say the expectations of the fan has changed meaning that they're used to, you know, you talk about 2000, I mean, there were still newspapers around. Um, newspapers were their main source <laughs> of, uh, I used to say that, it makes me yeah. sound old, but uh, that was their main source of information. So the news cycle was literally when the newspaper came out on in the morning, that started the news cycle. Radio, then would pick up on it, talk about it on, on, on the morning uh, drive time radio, and then you'd have TV pick on it later on. What shifted dramatically was the ability to put those articles up right away, um, and when that started happening and obviously what all the changes that in the, in 16 years that newspapers have gone through, it, it's, it's a different landscape where it's competition over now of who has that news first. And as a team, you can't always be first. Um, meaning that we have to be a fish, offic- the official word, uh, cause there's some things that things that happen or are reported that may fall through or things change or whatever else we've got to wait till it's actually signed, sealed and deliverable. Well, we could, cause we are the the organization oh, of course and we have to have a different voice but i think what you, to answer your question that really the fan expectations are what has changed they expect to get that content in a in a in a packaged way um and obviously as you know in the industry uh even how they con- consumed content uh has changed dramatically the distribution models are much much different meaning that you utilize you really lose your social platforms get that content out there and in some degrees, some of the companies are really relying on, on Facebook to do that, and it's kind of one of those uh, hanging on by a string kind of thing mentality that could change. Uh, you have to continue to put that content out there, but I think the uh, interesting point is that only seven to eight percent of our web traffic actually goes through our desktop homepage anymore. People don't go to homepages and discover content; they're not just going to search. They're going there with an intent, purpose, and they're going, usually being driven there through either it's from from Google, or it's through a social media channel, or it's through a referral. So how do they get into website, and they're getting through outside doors. Um, so we have to be very intelligent about how do we not only create that content, marry that context, but then have that distribution um, plan in place as well.
0: You know, it, it's funny you just said that. Now I'm thinking back to how I used to consume Steelers. Steelers.com was the main you know, the main source of whatever news I wanted to get. And like you said, that's it, the official word. And now I find myself, I follow on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. And when I see it pop up in the newsfeed or I search for it, that's where I get my official word. Mm-hmm. I rarely click on the link anymore. Like you said, you're not even getting the traffic through the desktop. Um, so it, I, it's funny you said that because I'm thinking about my own habits and I'm like, wow, it has changed. And uh, I, I can I, I can't imagine how you have to manage that. So is there... I mean, does the NFL put any restrictions? Are there any mandates? Is it team mandates? How does that work? I mean, like, who are you going through? Who are you reporting to? And this is kind of, maybe this is personal, but how do you report? What is the structure there?
1: Well, if, there's there's a lot of layers involved. So there are parameters that the league will give you and say, hey, we want to stick within these parameters. Uh, obviously, broadcast rights are very valuable with the NFL. And they're going to they're gonna put a space around that and say, hey, broadcast really belongs here. Um, and I think the other part of that is we do work very closely. Uh, every team is different. You talk to different teams, and and I was just uh, you know we we're recording this in early April, and last week we were all in Nashville yeah, as all the digital teams from along, along the uh, every club in the NFL was there in the NFL, and you talk to ten different teams, there's ten different answers to that question because it's mm-hmm. different within an organization. Sometimes it's the GM's philosophy, sometimes it's the coaching philosophy, sometimes it's the business side to philosophy of how they want to utilize that content and, what's, and what really are the business objectives they're trying to, to solve. With us, uh, we have one of the bigger stadiums in the league. So we're, we're going to still have ticket sales messaging. It's not prevalent. Whereas when I was at Tampa Lightning, it was all about ticket sales. Um, but even even in the, in the NHL world, um, there are teams that put lights on their building and they're going to sell it out because yeah. hockey just you know, it has that ability. We had to work harder in Tampa, still finish in the top 10 in, in uh, ticket sales. Um, different objectives here for us versus, you know, say Dallas Cowboys, you know, they have a bigger audience. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, you know, a, a huge, uh, organization. Um, people talk about them at a different level and their objective is going to be different than ours. Yeah. So it's a, it's a lot of parameters that, that are in place, but you also want to make sure you're holding true to your, our communications department, what those key messages are. They want to get out. We want to stay true to those and, and be consistent with those and that go off in a different direction we are providing content or providing context for what we are covering.
0: So you mentioned like GM, I don't want, we don't have to harp on this subject, but so are you telling me that John Dorsey has a say in what's being pushed out there on social or on, on the digital that's okay.
1: Yeah. It's some degree. Cause I think there's, you know, there's there could be, um, you know, player information that he, do we want that out there? Do we want that position in a certain way? We want to be very sensitive to that. And, um, or you know, should we be highlighting this player? Um, you know, this type of player is doing phenomenal. Should be highlight, highlighting him. So, so there's a lot of dynamics in place. That um, and again, that's going to change from organization to organization. I was talking to one organization who who has a new GM in place where he's putting a bunch of restrictions in place. Mm. Um, and I think that's that. I don't have a problem with that because I think that's one of those situations where as an organization. You know, you, you, sometimes you think about your your area in digital. Or social media, or, or or content, and you really need to step back and say, "What's really the or, we're trying to accomplish as an organization?" And I think that's probably true for most organizations that are out there, whether it be in sports or anything else. How are we trying to take that snapshot of everything we're doing and, and really packaging that in a way that's going to be encompasses um, uh, what we're trying to accomplish as an organization together?
0: You mentioned broadcast rights, and I'm we're gonna jump. We're gonna jump into a couple other things here. Uh, and the NFL with broadcast rights, we know how huge that is for them to keep you know close to the vest. But recently, there was some news that... I, I talk about it like it was no big deal. I made a huge deal about it on the podcast when it came out. But Twitter bought the rights. And I could be saying this wrong if I am, just correct me. But they purchased the rights to the t- 10 N- um, Thursday night games mm-hmm. to, to repurpose it on Twitter on Twitter live, whatever they're going, I'm sure they're going to create something for the broadcast of these games. Uh, tell me what, I guess this is an open-ended question. Tell me what you know about it and what implications do you see? Uh, I don't even know. Did the chiefs have a Thursday night game this year?
1: Yeah. Every, actually every NFL team will play a game on Thursday night. That's part of the Thursday night package. They'll play at least once in there. So uh, we don't, we don't have our schedule for a couple of weeks here, um, yet, but, uh, we anticipate we're going to yeah. play on there, and then the, obviously the other part of that is, um, you know, the, the Twitter deal itself is is exciting. I, I think from from the club perspective, um, having that ability to to, be, to display to a a, a wider audience because I think you know you've used the words cord cutters as well, yeah. uh, and understanding where where that divide is happening between cable subscriptions and going into into um, obviously the NFL has the the, the the benefit of being on network tv so it's easier to to, to find that yeah. uh, but even having that cable subscription and having people consume content in the way they want to consume it um having that ability to do that and then now the challenge for the clubs now are, are how do we program around that twitter still is incredibly powerful for for us as an organization because of the real-time element to it no other platform matches that and to break news or to 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 have that kind of um um, coverage of the event as it's going on live. Um, it's, it's a natural, natural fit for that television product as well. So it, it's also, you know, as the NFL is starting to develop this area too, this is like, I, I see it as a, a great, um, uh, jump into the space because now you get, you get some interactivity around, um, the, the broadcast and it really adds something to it. I could see, foresee people watching with those Twitter feeds going on at the same time coming around the game, and obviously, Twitter's introduced moments and, and uh, those products. That conversation could be heightened around each game. We already know that when we're on national TV, our mentions are going to go up, our conversation is going to go up, our engagement is going to go up. Uh, but having that and having that commentary world, it's going to be a different experience. And I think that's kind of exciting um, because it's something that we've kind of envisioned in the sports world or in the digital media world of having TV side by side with that commentary going going on yeah, seems, i think i'm excited about
0: it yeah it seems like it's no longer the second screen right we're now where it's mobile first i mean you just said that your traffic to your website's no longer really the desktop it's a you know, mobile there mm-hmm. I've this this could be huge potentially and i think it's great for the nfl either way um i, I can't wait to see what the chiefs do when you guys have your game and, and see what comes out of it i'm sure you guys will be absolutely killing it Uh, I want to talk about something else a little bit later about how you guys ranked uh, really, really high in something. But let's switch gears to we're switching gears a lot, but I want to switch gears over to Snapchat because the last thing I saw from the Chiefs, not really the last, but the thing that really caught my eye was uh, Cairo Santos on the NFL Snapchat account. And I've seen the NFL really going hard on the Snapchats. Um, I saw my one of my favorite players, Antonio Brown, along with Super Bowl MVP Von Miller. They're on Dancing with the Stars. They were taking it over. I saw Le'Veon Bell again, another Steeler. But the Cairo Santos thing was really cool because he was flying with the U.S. Navy Blue Angels, and he was mm-hmm. showing off that experience. Um, tell us a little bit about. You know, it sounds like oh, that's just a regular Snapchat takeover, but I think it's a little deeper than that. Tell us about that connection with Snapchat and and the connection with the audience. Is that are you building stronger fan? affinity there? Or are you just doing it to be on social, uh, you know, to be on Snapchat?
1: No, I think we're building, definitely building uh, better brand affinity there. I think that's very important from a lot of reasons. Uh, one, the audience it reaches, but just the overall engagement in Snapchat, just incredibly powerful. Um, you know, I'll give you some numbers that, yeah, please. Um, you know, in terms of the live stories. So NFL, you know, an agreement to do live stories during games last year. And our in our playoff games, the two playoff games that we were in, um, those kind of numbers were in the several millions of views of those live Snap stories. Wow! Which you know, as you think about it, um, how many people are watching the game? It's 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 exceeding those numbers. It's going to a point where you're wa- having more people watch the game or watch elements of the game on Snap that didn't actually watch the game, and that's incredibly powerful. And I think we were. Um, as we saw that coming and kind of saw that product evolving, we're like, we've got to have somebody on the sideline shooting content for that, to capture that. Um, but to go back to your question, Cairo Santos, um, for your, for your audience, I'll, I'll give the, the description. Yeah, uh, Cairo Santos is our kicker on our team. He is a, a native of Brazil who moved to the U uh, S uh, in his high school days, but still has a great relationship, um, with his family in Brazil and, uh, um, kind of have like a, almost like a, student exchange program where he came to the United States and he kind of stuck around and, and now is kicking in the NFL and, and, uh, he'll be in his third season. But, uh, yeah, he, he did go up in, in the, uh, with the, uh, the Navy and go in the fighter jets. And, um, again, with Snapchat, having that great relationship, not only put that, we talked about, you always you use the word distribution. You have great content, but how do you, um really get in the hands of people who it's going to be relevant to and i think that's where snapchat is is incredibly powerful It's a league platform um leagues worked very closely with them and, and we've worked very closely with them too to say how do we better optimize our experience on there because it just it's a different form of storytelling and it, it resonates with it with it with a different audience but it, what i love about snapchat is the art form of it and what you can do in that regard uh, one thing that drives me nuts sometimes, and this is part of my pet peeve, when talk talking about Snapchat is you see people in, in sports, it happens a lot where you kind of see somebody has their camera held up and they're catching catch practice and, it, and the people are just look tiny on there. That's not what it's meant for. That's yeah. not what it's meant for. Snapchat is meant to be an art palette and to really do it well. Um, there's some really cool things you could do with it. And uh, case in point, we, um, we have a, a young woman on our staff that uh, is really good on TV, really good on camera. We've put her as kind of the face to take us behind the scenes on our cheerleader shoot um a few weeks ago. So there's cheerleader we actually had her on Sunday for our poster shoot. She did the auditions uh really told the story of what goes on at cheerleader auditions. And you think all these stereotypes or things that you think you think you know. And she took you behind that and it was really well done. It had so many comments on that. Her numbers were were much higher on, on those stories. I think the interesting thing was I had so many people pull me aside and said that was great. Nobody knew it was coming. We were doing that, but even having that face to kind of lead into the content and show you what's going on, tell you what's going on, it takes some traditional approaches. But using that platform in the way it's attended, that's incredibly important to us in our organization. So uh, again, we we are using it in a lot of ways, and uh, we see a lot of potential there. Um, and it, it, as as you know, they've they've changed some things around. It's funny because I came into Steve's organization about it a little over a year ago, and we had a conversation with, around Snapchat, and they somebody pitched an idea to me, and I'm like, hey, uh, do you know who you're talking to on Snapchat? Do you know your age range? And I'm not sure that's really what you want to accomplish, what, what you're trying to do. And then later on, six months later, I'm saying, we need to send somebody on the road to capture that sideline. And they're going, didn't you just tell me Snapchat, you know, a little bit ago? <laughs> I'm like the, the, the evolution of that platform within a matter of a year has just yeah. been phenomenal and how people are consuming media on it.
0: And now, of course, with their latest changes, turning it into a messaging platform. I mean, there's been so many changes with social. We're not going to go into that, but yep. um, Snapchat's definitely maturing. They're definitely growing up. Uh, I, you know, here's a question I'm going to ask you along the Snapchat lines really quick, because a lot of people don't understand the value of Snapchat for brands. And I think you gave us a little bit of insight, but tell me this to tell us this really do you have somebody responding to to your consumers so like if people are reaching out to you on snapchat or i mean i don't know do you guys follow people back on snapchat like how does that work do you have a dedicated person that's just handling snapchat or do you kind of just pass it around is like the community
1: well that's kind of a loaded question but i say yes then we're going to start getting a lot more questions and, and Snapchat. So um, we, we do that across all the board. I, I, we don't necessarily have a person dedicated to each channel. Um, we're not structured that way in our organization. Uh, we try to make sure that we're maintaining all those, lo- all those different channels and have those touch points. So to answer your question, I think, yeah, if there's a, if there's a, a, a good touch point between that person and us, we want to create those touch points, whatever channel it is, mm-hmm. it has gone from a, from a messaging standpoint, because I think that's so important. And obviously, you know the expectations with that people have in terms to interacting with brands. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do it too. Um, you know I've had a lot of success in my in my personal life <laughs> with complaining about brands on Twitter Likewise. and and uh, and seeing the response there. Yeah. And you know and they they expect that as well. so we we're going to honor that, and we, we want to make sure that we're touching have those. We want to um, obviously create fans who are um, at, at a deeper level, and we're always trying to step them up that ladder where where they're at. And yeah, sometimes that's what it takes. So that's important to us.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, speaking of Cairo, and he's from, from Brazil, mm-hmm. what is... Now, you did a couple things here. Let's talk about what you did in London. You had a really cool campaign with your game in London last year. You physically hated people cards for them to take photos with uh, in and around the stadium, correct? That's correct. Yeah. Can, yep. can you dive into that a little deeper, how you took something that was... You know, you went... This physical route, but you translated that to digital buzz, so to speak, and, and maybe talk a little bit about what else you did there.
1: Yeah. I think that's a, uh, uh you know, we're, something we're really excited about was, was our, what we call the kingdoms unite campaign. So, um, our brand statement, uh, or we talked about our brand. Um, you have like the, the Raiders, you know, that, 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 you know, that team that's in our division that yeah. we don't like to talk about. Um, I don't like talking uh, about them either. So, it, but but they were the ones who really started the whole Raiders nation. Right. Um, we are the chief, we are chief's kingdom. We call ourselves chief's kingdom. And the reason that dates historically, because of where where we're positioned and kind of having uh, multiple states uh, being the side of Kansas, Missouri, and, and how we unite those uh, two areas together, bring those two areas together, because you talk about Kansas versus Missouri football in college level, <laughs> there's a definite divide. We bring them all together. <laughs> um <clears throat> But I think, you know, from that perspective, we're, we're the chief's kingdom. So we went over there. We didn't want to stick around saying this is chief's kingdom. That's not polite. <laughs> say it that way. Um, very insensitive. We want to say, hey, we want to unite our kingdoms. So we're bringing our kingdom to the, the world's oldest kingdom in, in the United Kingdom. And uh, we want to really leverage the opportunity We're to play on the international stage. It was our first international game or regular season game in our, in our franchise history. Our owner, Clark Hunt, is on the international committee the NFL level, um, and it's important for us to do a really good show. What I consistently saw was some really neat content that teams did over there. And really, it started with the 49ers. And I give uh, uh, credit to them to really start in this movement where when they went over there, they would take their helmet and they would place it on the ground somewhere, place it strategically, and you'd see Big Ben or you'd see the London Eye in the background. You take that picture, kind of show that, hey, we're in London. Beautifully executed, um, did a great job with it. But then all teams started following suit, and they saw the same thing. So it became like every team was doing pretty much the same execution. What I liked about that was it was great content. What I didn't like about it, what I had to prove upon was, how do we get people to share their stories? Mm-hmm. So it's not just us pushing content out there, but how do we really uh, engage people to share their experience over there? So what we did is we created these clear plastic cards. They were credit card size, and we had a... Um, uh, image of either a flag a helmet or one of our players that was kind of a silhouette on there and the idea was that you held it up you took your phone you, you hold up your right hand took your phone with your left hand and you took a picture of big ben with our flag on top of big ben or you took it with our helmet which is a good place so now it became and we gave that to our season ticket members who were going over there we gave it to we had a we had an instant meetup <clears throat> where they can come get those um oh. we gave them to uh, we had a a fan group in london um that or, had already formed had already developed wow. over the years and um so we gave it to them and it was just like hey show us your experience and we actually did even an extension on our mobile app for people here locally um if they want to get involved with that they can do it take a picture and, and move things things in place there um talking about cairo there was a, a guy who did it cracking up he uh had cairo kicking the ball into his cat's mouth which was <gasps> um <laughs> content so the things people um, will come up with huh yeah so it, it, that i loved seeing that creativity and i think that's what that was really what we use that with kingdoms unite concept that's what united the kingdoms it was it was a mix of people all coming together rallying around this game and rallying around this concept that hey the chiefs are here and we knew from from our insights that w- there's a lot of football fans american football fans in the uk in germany um you know, in those countries surrounding what they hadn't done yet is identify with a team. So we wanted to be very strategic about how do we align them with the chiefs and, and have, have them adopt the chiefs as their, as their team. And there's obviously a lot of opportunities there uh, from international side to really grow the game. And I think that's where one of the focal points of the NFL going forward is um, you saw the some of the reports coming out about, you know, playing in Mexico city and yeah. playing in China and, um, you know, it, it's funny cause we had those, um, individuals or representatives from those different offices era meetings in the last week. And they're excited about, you know, uh, building the game in those different areas. And that, that's a huge opportunity for us. So we're really excited about that.
0: I mean, really, it looks like the NFL wants to take over the international market. Uh, and that's, I mean, that's no, they're not hiding anything there. When, when we talk about this, it's, it's not, I don't think it's under wraps. It's very evident that that's what they want to do. Uh, is there any other insights you can give us on the international strategy? What else should we look for in the coming year or years? Anything extra special happening? I know we're still having games in London, but is there anything going on that we can really build? Because I mean, the games in London, I mean, they're, they're great. It's great to do that. But if it wasn't for what you did as a team, the NFL, at least not that I know of. And, and if I don't know about it, I mean, how was it a big? Was it that big? Uh, you guys, as a team, did these did this campaign, but is there something that the NFL is doing to make it go go viral? Are they really embracing the digital social media in the international um, uh, envir- environment landscape?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I think if there's a lot of things we, we're working on, and there's a lot of talk, uh, you know, a lot of talking about how do we better do better in those areas. Um, I think it it ranges really from what's your content strategy? We took a content strategy of, we created a long form page on our website <clears throat> that told the story about who the Kansas city chiefs are. So one of those things that you, know, you tell you, tell, you tell about our history. So Lamar hunt, um, his, you know, his, his, his vision to create the AFL and then create a new version of the NFL. When they merged together and creating the super bowl, we talked about tailgating the experience era at Arrowhead stadium, being the loudest stadium on the on the face of the earth. um, you know, having all those different touch points telling our story, and what we did is we localized that for each country that we were going to be touching because we knew that game. Even though it was on at eight thirty your time in the East Coast, nine thirty our time, it was on prime time in China. Yeah. it was on. You know, it was on a good time in Brazil. Everybody could watch that game. That's kind of why, one of the reasons why they had it early in the morning, is because now it can, you can you can show it on TV to all these different markets. So when we created that, we knew people were going to come to our digital property saying who are these chiefs and we uh, we actually had banner ads placed um that were geo targeted to those areas or geo geo fenced those areas that was in their language hey here's the story of the chiefs click on here and then here's the information about the chiefs we even took it as far as putting captions into our videos that were on youtube and in the localized for those different countries again so they have that touch point with us so you know i think there's a lot of opportunities there Another thing that's exciting for us, he, he, we talked a lot about Cairo Santos, and this could, could be the Cairo Santos show. I'm they to ask him to, to join you on Next the show here. We'll but, get him on here, yeah. Um, he has uh, signed on to be a, a, an ambassador to the uh, the country Brazil because he's from Brazil. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we're going to do some other content around that. But the league is the league's really in the charge on that, but they've asked, come to us and said, hey, how can we um, partner with you guys to get some really good content here with Cairo? Um, we even did a campaign with the league where they came to us right before our playoff game and said, can we, can you guys record a me- video message with Cairo speaking in Portuguese to, to Brazilian fans? And we did that. And, um, both the league and I were just astounded at the interaction we got from that. Uh-huh. And, um, that it just shows that that Brazilian audience is just passionate for football and they really want to learn more. And we hope that really our our hope and, and the league's hope as well is that, um, he can be that person that, uh, um, you know, really, uh, it, kind of, they can kind of embody and embrace and we kind of rally behind them. It's good to hear that.
0: Uh, it's nice to hear that the world is embracing the sport as well. Not just uh, it, sometimes there's pundits out there that'll say, well, the NFL is just trying to jam themselves down, you know, London, Mexico, all these other places. But, it, it, you know, when you really step back and look at it, wait, a, you know, hold on a second. They they want this. They, they're asking for it. So that's really cool <laughs> to hear. Um, now, Fast forward to, or let's go back to uh, the Walter Payton Man of the Year, Eric Mm -hmm. Berry uh, nationwide. How did you guys use digital to, or social really, to make that happen?
1: Yeah, that was an interesting one. Because the story of Eric Berry, for your audience, I mean, I know who he is. Mm -hmm. Um, It was, uh, you know, I think there was, into the 2014 season, uh, maybe four games up to go in the season, he... Felt something was wrong and was done di- uh, diagnosed with cancer. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't tell you the form of cancer I, I'd get it wrong. But um, and so now you're talking about a guy who is very healthy, very young. Now I have to take a s- step back and say, okay, I gotta beat cancer. So obviously he stepped away from football, didn't mm-hmm. finish the season out, went through the offseason not even knowing if he's ever gonna play football again. And all of a sudden he he uh shows up before training camp and goes, I'm beaten cancer and um I'm ready to play. And not only, that, not only that, when I was going through cancer treatments, I gained actually gained two pounds because I was working out continuously, and that was my goal all along. And what a great story to tell. Oh, we were yeah. so excited to tell that story and um, really uh, amplify that. And then it, then he became our, not just for that, but he became our Walter Payton Man of the Year uh, finalist. So the way the NFL works, each team nominates their own candidate, and then it's then taken up to um, the league level, and they, they nominate three finalists. Uh, nationwide came on as a partner, league partner, this last year and said we want to do a social camp extension to this campaign that's great um so they implemented a campaign where it was hashtag voting and um and and eric doesn't like to talk talk about things he does (laughs) off the field um but he had a phenomenal year last year it was Mm -hmm. really a breakthrough year um just the jump he took as a player um, but he's always done those off the field things that really inter- engage his commu- engage the community. Um, you know, we, we, there's obviously a lot of stories in the NFL and, and we don't, we don't always get to tell the, the the great stories like that and what he's done for um, people in his, in, in I would say in a situation where cancer became a rallying point for them to see what he was doing, the inspiration, but also things he's done in his hometown at the university of Tennessee, where he went to play college football, uh, all those things he's done to help those communities. Um, so we really rallied behind that concept and say, hey, let's get these people talking about this um, and really get this hashtag usage out there. And what was interesting, what was fun to see the, the growth in there, we put a lot of content out there, we did it from a brand channel, but what really worked in that regard was the hand-to-hand combat. What I mean by that was our cheerleaders went out and asked people, can you help us get this word out there? And they would call people on Twitter and say, "Hey, can you help us out? Get us out there." And who's going to say no to uh, cheerleaders? I'm and not. So it, it, people were starting rallying behind that. And that really was um, an interesting. You it, kind of use the word influencer marketing. That's really not truly influencer marketing, but we did have like Rob Riggle, who's a big Kansas City Chiefs fan, and uh, Eric Stone Street from Modern Family, and uh, um, Jason Sudeikis. Mm-hmm. They're all Kansas City champs. They're all they're all from Kansas City area. I knew why Kansas I didn't fans. like those guys. Um and so we asked them that can you help out too? So now they're creating content for us and putting it out there. So it really that really was the driver behind the campaign was was less about what we did as a brand channel. We knew we could get those. Yeah. That was not gonna get us over the edge. It was really that people had carrying that conversation themselves. And again, it goes back to the whole concept of community tonight. It's not about us. It's about empowering our fans to be social. Yeah. Uh, which I think was really as really we tap into that aspect of things, that's where it really takes on a life of its own and you're really going beyond your own media. You're really getting that earned media space um, and, and let people take, take your message for you, for, for you, but it's it's their passion point and they want to be a part of that community.
0: Yeah. And you said, you know, you're calling it influencer or, or whatever it's called. Um, I would say it's an integrated approach. It really is. I mean, you can't, social can't live on its own without something else backing it up. And you've, you've proved that even with the, the cards in London, um, you know, taking it further and and giving people a physical, you know, something physical to go and promote on social, you know, imagine just not that you couldn't do it because you have an audience, but it's harder to say, hey, promote this hashtag than it is to say, hey, here's something physical. Go and take a picture. of it. We're going to feature you on our on our social. Um, again, it's an integrated approach, and that's a, it's a conversation I have oftentimes with clients and with, you know, with others in the space where they think that social can live on its own. And I'm like, well, I mean, at least this is my opinion, and I'm sure there are some that agree and probably some that disagree, but. Uh, you can't let it live on its own. You have to integrate all, your entire marketing mix together. So it's, it's really great mm-hmm. to see you guys do that. And, you know, Eric Berry, uh, amazing player, goes from Hodgkins, uh, survivor to, uh, you know, to, I think he was an, an AP All Pro last year. So, mm-hmm. yep. And, and he had a great season. But like you said, he's done a lot in the community as well. Uh, last touch point the NFL draft is coming up because you're going to, I know you're going dark for a couple weeks with the draft <laughs> coming up. What is who are the chiefs drafting? No, that's not really. <laughs> uh, what is the the strategy for you or I mean, maybe actually, let's just talk about the chiefs. What is your strategy digitally and social to get people excited about the draft and And then secondly, what happens when the fans don't like a draft pick? How do you still go and like promote it as, as if it's like the and that's just I'm just curious because I mean, if I was a Jets fan, you know, in in the early 2000s where they're drafting people and we're just like, boo, like, how do you react? Like you said at the outset, now it's real time. You can't just read about it in the newspaper tomorrow. You're, you have fans like lashing out now because of a bad draft pick or something. So two, twofold there. But if you can answer what your strategy is and then how you deal with the fan outreach.
1: Well, I think, you know, with the diehard fans, you don't have to create excitement for the draft yeah. because they're already excited about the draft. And it's really a meshing of two worlds. What I mean by that is you have the pro football community, but you have the college football community as well. They're celebrating their guys getting drafted. If you're Ohio State alum, you're at Columbus right now. So you're Ohio State alum. You're excited that Eli Apple got drafted. You know, you're All drafted right. by the team because you're not going to follow him to that team. Is that a hint? Uh, I, could, I, don't, I I don't think I, you I have. I have no, no, no insight to, uh,
0: just kidding. that's under lock a key to,
1: <laughs> just that's kinda... lock and key down there. So, uh, in that, in that area, but no, I, I you know, the, I use Ohio state cause you're in Columbus and, right, uh, right. and, and also because they have a lot of different players in, you know, available for this year's draft. And even though I'm from Michigan and it feels dirty to say that. So, oh. um, and, but I did go to grad school at Ohio U. so, uh, a uh, little different go. than Bobcats, not the, not the, uh, guys, but, uh, <clears throat> No, I think you're, you're capturing that excitement. And I think you want to take that excitement and give them a reason to get excited. Um, but they also want to casual, engage that casual fan. How do you do that? And we did, we've done, did something last year. We're going to do it again this year, too. It's called Fit for a Kingdom. And we're going to place uh, hats around our town. just And we're going to promote it on social media. 1st ten people to find this hat from this location are going to get a free hat. And now you're getting people excited about a different level because, they again, they have a touch point with the brand and with the organization. Um, we did it last year. and had it's a lot of success. I did it in Tampa, actually, too. We, t- the story in Tampa was that we, um, we were forming at the beginning, beginning of the hockey season. And so we literally froze tickets. Um, we froze um, T-shirts and froze jerseys in big blocks of ice. Wow. And placed those blocks of ice around town. Um, which is a great visual, it was, it was cool. a highly successful campaign. Um, a lot of people still reference that, um, as just kind of being, I don't think we knew what we were doing at the time, kind of how to cap into that, but the, it captures that engagement, that touch point. And I had fans, I, I could tell the stories behind that. Um, we set now, so location in advance, we're we, the city we're going to be in, in Tampa, part of Tampa. And I no more and got the ice block out of the car, and putting it on the ground, I had four people behind me because they were already guessing where I was going to be.
0: Wow and
1: the person who didn't win was actually following me to see where I was going to go next. Uh, they were following me in the car, and it was jokes on them because I was going back to the offices um, but <laughs> uh, but we did the same thing with the hats, and it, it just creates this buzz and excitement around it, it's almost like our start of our new year when you have that the draft pick comes yeah. in. And there's so many opportunities to really engage the fans at different levels. And I think that's what we have to look at is, what do you, what do, who are your audiences? And I think, get back to the more theoretical level, we have our casuals. We have our diehards. How do we engage them at different levels? Diehards are going to want different things. Our season ticket members are going to want different things than our casual fan base is. So we want to you know, play that up. And obviously, we're, hi- you know, we're, we're going to highlight the player we're, we're taking, or the yeah. players we're taking, and the stories around that. Uh, last year, we had Chris Connolly was our third-round pick. Um, Chris Connolly is just one of those neat guys to be around. He's made his own fan Star Wars movie. And it's on YouTube, and you can watch it. And he did, did a phenomenal job. It's easy telling that story and get people to like him because they, now they're connecting with him because over Star Wars. Um, I, I think the other part of that is uh we had so to answer your other question no. about picks that fans may not be excited about. We had Marcus Peters last year as our first round draft pick. And he had um there were some there were some things that were out there about him being difficult. He had some run-ins with a college coach. Um, ended up didn't finish his, his senior year yep. or, or whatever that was. We drafted him as our first round pick, 18 overall. And um we could do that because of our organization and our stability in the organization and the leadership in organization. And he was the uh defensive player rookie of the year last year. He tied, tied the lead league with eight interceptions, had a phenomenal year, um, really made our defense that much better and people don't always see that when you first come out like who you know why do we probably take him um that's always going to happen you know right. people we're talking about that but uh, obviously the track record we have with guys you know may, may, may not be right away in the nfl and there's there there's always that pressure in the nfl to, to hit that you know hit that part of park right away but all of our first round picks over the last several years are, are performing and are performing at a high level and they're continuing continue you have to do that you have to build that over year and per year um in the draft but you know, telling their story and telling who they are and what they're about. And it's easy to do those things.
0: Well, kudos to you and your team, what you guys are doing over there. Uh, I also wanted to bring out for the audience They haven't heard of this, you can look it up, but uh, you're the only pro sports team ranked on Jonah Berger's contagious index. And you're actually rated higher than the Kardashian collection, LG USA mobile and Qatar airways, uh, amongst other brands like BMW, Simply Orange juice, uh Mary Kay, Starbucks, but you're you're ranked higher than those other ones and uh that's that's pretty cool I have to say. I mean, it's a testament to what you're doing. It's a testament to the effort and I mean, we spent, you know, about 40 minutes talking about this and you know, it blows me away how much not that I don't think there's thought and effort that goes into it, but I think when people don't hear it and they don't really Think about all the actions that you have to take, you know, running this brand or at least you know heading the strategy up. There's actually strategy there, and oftentimes I don't know if you heard this, but you were an agency for a little bit, so you you probably did. Well, that's easy to do because you have the brand you're working for has a ton of money behind them, and and you know oftentimes we hear, well, yeah, sure, Coca-Cola is on Snapchat because they have tons of money to just blow, but. In, it's not it, 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 when you talk about blo- just blowing money, it doesn't mean that there's no strategy. You you know, Coca-Cola, Kansas City Chiefs, the NFL are not just wasting money to be on Snapchat because they have a ton of it. They're spending it wisely because they have people like you that are creating a strategy. They're understanding the audience and, and, and they're doing what you're doing every day. So again, I want to say kudos to you. Thank you for jumping on the podcast and hanging out with me for a little bit. Um, why don't you let the audience know where to find you, the chiefs and where they can check you out the most, like where's your most active?
1: Well, thanks for those comments. That was very kind of you. And again, you know, thanks for the honor of being on the show. This is a lot of fun. Um, Great talking to somebody who like yourself, who um, you really, you really get immersed in in the social media space too and understanding at a higher level. So (laughs) it's always fun to have those conversations. So thanks for having me on. Um, You know, chiefs at chiefs on instagram and 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 twitter that's where you can find us um facebook uh we are probably more more active in there so you talk about the contagious index that's where it came from that those facebook rankings Mm -hmm. um that's where we put our main emphasis that is the most powerful platform right now so we put a lot of emphasis on that balance it across the board um i have a phenomenal team you know behind us um, between our writers and um, our social media uh, coordinator um so it's not just me and i don't want to you know they, they they do a great job um, my handle James Royer at James Royer on Twitter, um, and Instagram as well. Um, but it's, it you know, really, it's, it's an honor to be here and talk to social media. It's a lot of fun.
0: Two, two kind of fun questions that are off of the the strategy and stuff. What is the question you get the most from people that like when you tell them I work for the chiefs, like what, what question, what is the first question people ask? There has to be
1: one. I say I'm director at digital, Like what does that mean? <laughs> what <laughs> What is that? And the other question is, do you hang out the players all the time? And, and that's not really really not the case either. Yeah, yeah. So um, I kind of explain that hey, we're we're executing the really the the marketing communication strategy for the organization um, through our digital platforms. Amazing. And they, but they don't know what that means either. No. So um, they think they oh yeah, it's cool. And I think of course the other question is do you, do you get to go to games? And and sometimes they they go as far as do I can I get tickets? So, right, so I, I
0: figured that so, was the question. Yeah, I figured it was so, hey can I get tickets? All right, um, so, all right. And what now? You said you grew up in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Be honest. Who's your favorite team? Don't tell me it's the Chiefs. Oh, Favorite team? Favorite pro like team?
1: It. Favorite pro team? Uh, you can't take away the Chiefs. You got then you got to take away the Lightning yeah, and Tampa Lightning. So I was just had a great experience down there. <laughs> um, you know, I, I I really you know it, I also support the you know the the, the Detroit teams. You yeah. know, be be a distance Tigers and the and the Pistons and growing up in that area where you know pistons won three championships tigers won a championship um great to see that um so i i can't pick it you know i didn't go to michigan or michigan state so um so i can't pick either one of those i kind of cheer for both um, fair enough michigan so um but so i I would say if i had to pick a a favorite team it would be the northern michigan university wildcats how's that for you all
0: right well i mean fair (laughs) enough very pc answer there but uh (laughs) I, you know what that's good enough Northern Michigan wildcats Northern Michigan and are they NMU is that there
1: that's correct yeah. Okay. very good and Great I proposal. know
0: I can I can, I can deduce initial yeah. <laughs> abbreviations based on listen James it was a pleasure hanging out with you and good luck next week or is it next week already the draft or two, in week, two, weeks, two, two weeks, weeks two weeks two weeks good yeah. luck in a couple weeks uh with with the draft picks and the drafts I'm sure that'll be a frenzy. For at least a few days for the digital team, and uh, and on, for everyone listening, make sure you follow the Chiefs to see what they do over not just the next couple weeks with the draft, but listen in and watch what they do over the next year plus on social and see how it how it's evolving every day. Uh, make sure you follow them on Snapchat too, because I always promote. James, I don't know if you've listened to the podcast, but I have, I've been promoting Snapchat. I get a lot of engagement there. So I tell people to go follow me on Snapchat and, and I'll engage with you one-on-one. So while you do that, go follow the Chiefs as well. Hey, you have yourself a great rest of the day. Okay, bud. Thanks. Thanks again. Thanks a lot, James. This has been a VincenzoLandino.com production. Thank you for
1: listening. If you enjoy the Brand Boost Podcast, please give us a rating, write a review, or subscribe. Head on over to brandboostcast.com forward slash subscribe.